Hello and welcome to the Politic Podcast, the only series about the Ward 1 Alder race in New Haven, Connecticut, which is currently knocking on your doors whether you like it or not. My name is Anthony Carews, and I'm joined today by Simone Seaver. Hello, everyone. And today's episode, entitled Candidates Jog, Not Sprint to the Finish Line, we will discuss the current state of the election, have an interview with Tyler Blackman, the president of the Yale College Democrats, and then conclude with a rumor mill. Sounds about right. Okay, Simone, so you went or you saw the debate. That's right. I saw the debate. Via live Careful distinction. <laughs> yes. So what did you observe during that debate? What were your impressions? Well, I mean, it seems like a pretty straightforward debate. There was nothing shocking or outrageous that happened. Um, I think all the candidates took uh, fairly expected positions. Uh, That being said, I think there were some interesting takeaways. I think uh, Sarah spent a lot of time talking about uh, issues that weren't necessarily related to Ward 1 specifically. A lot of Yale issues came up again, divestment. Uh, the student income contribution, mental health. Uh, and Ugana uh, tried to emphasize his uh, relationship with the neighborhood, which I think he's been criticized in the past for. I honestly, I was there for the debate. I thought at certain times it seemed like a spoken word kind of event because <laughs> the, the room was separated exactly in half. Um, Sarah Idelson supporters were on the left. Ugana supporters were on the right. And during the debate, each side tried to snap as ferociously as they could (laughs) to every single comment made, whether or not it was a good comment or not. Yes. I mean, sometimes they would just say a general sentence that had nothing to do with policy. And one side would just be snap, 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 snap. And the dynamic was a little weird, but I think it added to the debate because I thought it was pretty boring. Um, I don't think there was anything too novel that was said that we hadn't heard before. Yeah. I mean, there were these moments where one of the candidates would say something that was entirely nonpartisan, like just something just like a sentence about anything. And then you would hear like people a little trickle of claps and then people would be like, oh, no, got to clap. And then they would start clapping and clapping. And it felt very odd. Like, what are you clapping for? Why aren't the other half clapping as well? Everyone should like this. That's that's definitely what I thought. But one thing that I was expecting during the debate was for Ugana to come out very, very strong. And I think many people thought that debates and kind of public speaking engagements would be Ugana's strength. But I don't think that he actually performed that well. Not saying that he didn't do well, but he didn't do anything that would kind of necessarily convince a voter who was on the fence to say, oh, I definitely need a vote for this guy. I think he just did okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Sarah has a very... uh unique speaking style. She takes a lot of pauses. Um, She smiles a lot. She has a very distinct way of approaching these debates. And I think what Ugana needed to do was just be different than that, like find some other way to stand differently than she did and look and, you know, just sound differently. Um, And he didn't really do that. He he kept a pretty conversational tone um, and didn't adopt some sort of speaking style that would, that would just at surface level even make him seem different. One thing that I noticed was, a lot of times Ugana would be asked a question and his response was, oh, we're going to look more into that. We're going to, I'm going to think about that a lot more. That's a really complicated issue and did not immediately offer policy proposals for those questions. 
Would you see that as a problem? He kind of admitted that he didn't know a lot about certain issues and said he would look into them to find the solution, but was not willing to offer a solution at that time. You know, it's a careful balance. I mean, on the one hand, you want a candidate who's well-versed on policy and has thought a lot about these things beforehand, obviously done their preparation and, you know, is just well-versed. But on the other hand, you also want someone in this position who's willing to say, I don't know, and willing to say, I'm not an expert on every single issue. So I don't know. I don't know if that he tipped too far to the side of seeming ignorant or uninformed, but, you know, people will take it as they will. Some people respond really well to that. Some people will think that makes him unprepared. Did you think there was a winner of the debate? I don't. I think it was a pretty, it was a pretty even, even call. Um, if I were to say one, probably Sarah. I think Sarah might have come out. She, she might have edged Ugana a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty even as well. And naturally, the person that's going to hurt is Ugana because he was the one who had the most to prove. And I think that just helps Sarah out and shows that she's probably looking pretty good come election day, which is Tuesday, November 3rd. So as we look forward to election day, uh, we want to welcome Tyler Blackman to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, we have some questions for you. Uh, maybe just to start, tell us a little bit about your involvement in this election. Uh, sure. So I'm president of the Yale College Democrats. Uh, so we're the you know, largest activist organization here on campus, um, especially when it comes to politics. So what's your, what's your slogan? You don't debate about things. You don't write about things. Uh, we do things. You do oh. things. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yes. It was like a jab at me. Every time. Um, yeah. So we do definitely pride ourselves on doing real work. So we we've done a lot of work on um, elections. Um, throughout the years and also on legislative issues. Um, so naturally, as the Ward 1 race comes up this semester, um, we're also supporting Sarah Idelson uh, as she gears up for re-election um, on November 3rd. So what specifically have you been um, doing in preparation for November 3rd? Uh, so Sarah's been running, obviously, a lot of canvases. Um, so that's knocking on doors um, and things like that. Uh, but other things are um, more a little more creative um, outside the phone banking and canvassing. Uh, for example, after the debate on Wednesday, which uh, you all were talking about earlier, uh, we made these really uh, cool signs uh, made up of some statements that a bunch of undergrads had signed. I think something like 600 undergrads had, had given their vision of what they wanted New Haven to look like. Um, and we spelled out the word... New, the words New Haven, um, and uh, with with all of these signs that these undergrads had made. Um, so it's we mix it up a little bit, um, but uh, the Yell Dems are uh, not just Sarah Idelson's campaign. We do a lot more than um, than just this one election. So we're all the time hosting speakers and having social events and things like that. So why should a Yale student mark Sarah Idelson on their ballot on November third? I think Sarah's proven, and, and you've talked about this in the debate as well, that, that she's comfortable in this position because she has experience. Um, she's been doing this for a few years, and, um, you know, the Ward 1 Alder hasn't always had very close relationships with other people in New Haven, frankly. Um, having talked to a lot of people in this city, um, they used to look at the Ward 1 Alder uh, as someone who was you know, a Yale student who was coming and going and, and not really attached to the city, not really invested in what what's uh, in the long-term growth of the city. Um, and I think Sarah's transformed that position into something um, 
much more uh, in a way that she's much more engaged with uh, the city that she's trying to help lead. Um, and, uh, and that experience is, is turned into actual results. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud to stand with her for reelection. So one criticism that we've heard often about Sarah is that she's been disconnected from students on campus. Um, while she has been heavily involved in the community and engaging with uh, neighbors, she hasn't necessarily made herself known among Yaleys. Do you think that's a fair criticism? I think in the, to the, for the most part, I actually think that Sarah has been um, engaged. Um, you know, I, I've certainly uh, worked with her a lot with the Yale Dems um, to, to try to move projects forward. Uh, my first interaction with Sarah a couple of years ago was um, whenever the city of New Haven was uh, trying to revise its charter, which is something it does every 10 years. Um, and Sarah really engaged a lot of Yale students to try to figure out what improvements they wanted to to make to the city charter. Um, and one of the things that we found that we could really um, lend our voices to uh, was this idea of having students on the Board of Education. Um, some Yale students had actually served on their Board of Education when they were in high school. Um, so it was a perfect role for us to play. Uh, and we really wanted to give a voice to high school students here in New Haven to to have some voice in their own government and, and make some changes themselves. Um, and so it was a months-long process, uh, and Sarah really took the lead there. Um, and she was able to help us organize official testimony. Um, she sort of obsessed over the details, which was great. Um, and eventually, uh, we, we just had this year um, the election uh, for the first two students on the, the Board of Education. Um, and so, so they'll be serving in an official capacity for the first time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think she has been engaged. You know, the, the Ward 1 Alder has to balance a lot of things, right? Um, if, if they were completely focused here in, at Yale, I think they would ignore... Um, the, the New Haven relationships that they need in order to actually to move things forward. Um, and what I think is so great about Sarah is that she has invested um, in cultivating relationships with all the other alders on the board of alders, um, but also just plenty of other community leaders in New Haven. Um, and she's been able to move forward some really great things. I mean, it makes sense that Sarah would come into contact with the Yale College Democrats. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you guys formed a large majority of the people who campaigned for her um, in her last election. But do you know of her reaching out to perhaps any other student groups? I, not at the top of my head. Obviously, what I know is is my own experience, and I've I've had um, you know a lot of really great interactions with Sarah. Um, but you know, I, I think she's also. Um, she was she was there when we were doing the um, fossil free Yale um, demonstrations as well. It's not something I was directly in, involved in planning or anything like that, but I was there and, and saw her there. Um, but you know, she's also um, she's wants to see Yale held account- accountable um, in a larger sense, um, and I think she is concerned about student power here on campus, um, both at the undergraduate level and the graduate level. Uh, and and try, really trying to make sure that, that Yale is treating its community um, fairly. Um, and I think that affects all of us, right? That affects students, that affects grad students, that affects um, workers who are working for New Haven. Um, and so I, I think she zooms out a lot more. Uh, and that's to her credit. I think she sees this as a much larger issue. Um, and she wants uh, Yale students to be a, a part of that. 
So talking about divestment, mm-hmm. um, that's something that came up in the debate and something that Sarah said towards the end was, quote, I can get overwhelmed by the scale of what we're facing. Mm-hmm. I wonder what your, your feelings are on whether divestment, the student income contribution, mental health care on campus, whether these are issues that a Ward 1 uh, elected someone elected to Ward 1 should be dealing with, or whether these are YCC's issues. Um, where do you draw the line? Yeah, so again, I would say that this is really ultimately about holding Yale accountable. Um, and these are all connected fights, right? I, I've worked a lot outside of my role as the Yale Dems on the student income contribution. And I remember a few years ago when... Um, I talked about completely eliminating the student income contribution, people giving me this look like I was crazy. Um, And now you saw in the debate that uh, not only did both candidates support the complete elimination of the student income contribution, but the entire audience applauded. Um, And that was just unthinkable a few years ago. Uh, I think it's about building um, this movement where students uh, and the larger community um, are demanding that Yale actually um, listen to to the voices uh, in in our community, and and Sarah sees all of these fights as, as interconnected, uh, and I do as well. Um, you know, again, I, I've I've worked on local political issues, but I've also worked on your YCC issues as well. Um, and I think they're at the end of the day, they're they're about making sure that that Yale is a fair player in its community. And I know you mentioned the student income contribution. That's something that Yale students wanted. Should Yale students be asking, what has Sarah done for me lately, kind of like as a self-interested voter? Or should we look at all the stuff she's done in New Haven and said, oh, well, that's enough, seeing that her main constituency is made up of Yale students? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but I, th- I think it's a false dichotomy, right? I think... Um, New, uh, Yale students are going to be living in New Haven for four years, um, and I think they we we have an interest in living in uh, a vibrant community for the four years that we're here, and we have a responsibility to make sure that um, New Haven does grow um, and it does treat uh, people in the city fairly. Um, so I, I think yes, Sarah has been working on a lot of issues that affect the city, um, and I think. Those issues um, are Yale issues as well because we're living in New Haven. Um, this is our city as well. Um, I'm a resident of New Haven, and um, I-, I want my city to to thrive. Something that came up in the debate was uh, a question about what the Democratic Party stands for. Why? Why she? And also on the converse, why Uganda? Why they stand for their particular parties? And Sarah said that uh, she was a Democrat because she felt that the party was the party of inclusion. Um, this made me think a lot about something she said or something we discussed with her when she was on the show a little while back, which is that she's the minority leader uh, f- for the for the board. Can you explain that? Do you, do you have any sense of how that how that makes any sense? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's um, frankly what had happened uh, is it, it's, it's minority leader or third officer, depending on um, how you refer to it. Um, essentially, this um, this position had sort of been vacant for a while because uh, the Board of Alders is is Democratic um, completely, which is, is a reflection of New Haven, which is um, obviously a really progressive city. And we're proud of that. Uh, but because we're so progressive, um, there weren't any you know, minority uh, 
party members to, to fill that role. And there were just some some technical issues that they were running into with that. I mean, just things like uh, things being si- official uh, municipal documents that, that weren't really able to be signed because there was no um, minority leader to, to sign off on them. Um, and so what they had to wind up doing was was change this role into a little bit more of a flexible role um, to be minority leader slash third officer, um, which meant that um, if there were no other mem- no other party members on the board of alders, that that the same party could elect one of their own to fill this position. Um, so at the end of the day, what it meant is that uh, because the board of alders is all democratic, um, that they could fill this position um, and after talking about it amongst themselves, they decided that Sarah uh, was someone that they wanted to be uh, serving in leadership um, after, uh, frankly, having uh, gained the trust of all uh, her fellow alders. Uh, I believe it was actually a unanimous vote. Um, and um, and so, I, again, I, I think that's to her to her credit. Um, she's, she's really done a lot of work um, to make sure that um, the work that she's doing has the support of her colleagues on the board. Well, for perhaps a final question, what have you thought of Ugana as a candidate? Did he exceed your expectations thus far? Um, If he was elected, I mean, obviously you'd prefer Sarah, but would you still be content with that result? It's interesting. I think both of these candidates are are nice people. But I've always been sort of interested by... um, this race and particularly Republicans involvement uh, in the race, because um, in the debate we saw um, that we've got a, a, a couple of times would sort of dodge questions and not, not really take a position on something. And I think what it ultimately boils down to is that he's running as a Republican on a um, overwhelmingly liberal campus and an overwhelmingly liberal city. That's the elephant in the room. Right. Um, and so the question is why? Um, and I, you know, frankly, I don't know. I, you know, I think there are certainly Ugata supporters and maybe Ugata himself um, who would say that he genuinely wants to be on the board of alders and thinks that um, he would make a great alder. But, you know, maybe it's about trying to to build power on the, on the Republican side here at Yale. I'm not sure. Um, but what I what I know is that uh, I trust that Yale students um, are overwhelmingly Democratic. I, I I'm not afraid to uh, say that as the president of the Yale Dems, um, and I, and I think that um, at the end of the day, we're we're going to elect um, a Democrat, um, not only because we are overwhelmingly Democratic, but because that also reflects the values of New Haven, um, and it means that our alder is going to be able to work with a team um, once she gets um, to the board of alders. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. We've really loved talking with you. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And now to conclude our show, we'll end with our rumor mill. <laughs> yeah, the rumor mill. So what's going Simone's on in the rumor pumped. mill? Simone is so <laughs> pumped. So most of the rumors going on have been about predictions for the election. Um, most of the people that I've talked to think that Sarah will win. She'll not only win, but she'll win overwhelmingly so. And I've heard this from numerous people. So, Simone, I wanted to discuss with you what your predictions are for this race, and I'll share some of mine as well. Well, I'm going to put my prediction in for Sarah. I think uh, her clear win over Fish in the primary uh, speaks to her support. 
Um, I also just don't get the sense that there has been the surge that Uganda would need to get any cross-pressured voters to go Republican. Um, I think the Democrats probably have this one. Yeah, if if I had to put kind of split on what I think the vote tallies are going to be, I honestly think it's going to be around 70% for Sarah, 30% for Uganda, if not even more for Sarah. Um, and in some ways, I'm kind of sad because I've spoken with Uganda. I know him fairly well. And I think had his campaign um, been geared in kind of a very intense way that he could have been a good candidate that he could have come out and perhaps been in a better position come election day. But I just don't think he's in any kind of circumstance where he'll take um, the election right now. I agree. I mean, there was so much promise, I think, at the start. I think we all thought Uganda might be that one who who would get a Republican elected um, in Ward 1. Uh, and he's a really likable guy. Like, he has the likability. I just think the policy element hasn't come through. And I think students are convinced of that, that there's, there's no policy um, no reason to vote him in on the basis of policy. Well, we'll see. The election is November 3rd. So if you're listening, make sure to go out and vote. And next week will be our very last podcast where we recap what's gone on with the election. But thank you so much for listening to this one. And I want to give a special shout out to Simone uh, for joining us today. Thank you. For Tyler and WYBC for the studio, Michael May for the music, and Phoebe Petrovic for producing our podcast. See you next week.